Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It is a rainy Thursday night. We have a very intelligent dude sitting on our couch. It seems like a big switch on what we normally have. <laughs> wow, I'm offending kidding. the guests. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You guys are all really kind of smart people. Totally, totally kidding, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey everyone, serious. it's Amanda. And today we have... Uh, I. I love how you actually didn't introduce him as a really cool guest because he's my baby brother. So I don't know if I want to tell him he's really cool because I think I spent my entire life making him think that he wasn't so cool. How do you feel about that? Well, I went on to become an accountant, so I sort of proved the point that I'm not that cool. (laughs) It's all good. What are you talking about? (laughs) Accountants are cool. Are they? No, I'm joking. Well, today we invited, yes, he is my brother, Brian Cook. Brian Cook. Can we, we're using full names? It's up to you. Yes. We invited Brian in here because uh, last week, Mark and I received a message from somebody who listens to the podcast and wanted us to talk to an accountant specifically about becoming HST exempt because she believes there are some negatives to becoming HST exempt. I fail to see them, but I'm not an accountant. Hence why we have Brian here because he can tell us what if there are actually any negatives to being HST exempt. So thanks for coming in and helping out your sister. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Are you Are you really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I feel like that's, uh, a, that's a dirty fucking lie. Yeah. We uh, should. It's going to be posted online. So sure, happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> we should tell everybody that actually Brian is one of the instructors for our business course. Um, myself and Mark teach majority of it, but we have Brian come in and do a session on budgeting and Nepotism. loans and tax planning. <laughs> because again, I think that you can't be a jack of all trades. So we bring in the expert when it comes to budgeting and loans and accounting and tax planning. And why wouldn't that be an accountant? So before we start asking you 7 million questions, can you introduce yourself, what you do, who you are, aside from being my baby brother? Okay. Yeah. That's the last thing I like to tell people about. So I'll tell everyone else. I don't Uh, blame you. uh, Yeah. So I'm an accountant. Um, I've uh, been practicing about seven years, working at a mid-sized firm up in North York. Um, it's a small public accounting firm. So, you know, we provide uh, services to owner managed businesses, self-employed individuals, whatnot. So naturally, uh, you know, with massage therapists in the family, got some experience working with, uh, various type of medical practitioners. So I, uh, sort of know what you guys have to deal with, uh, know, know what your needs are and yeah. That's that's about it. And he does my taxes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I pay him in beer. Yeah, it's the best form of payment. <laughs> Don't say that because you're gonna get a ton of emails saying, "Hey, man, <laughs> what can I what can I get you?" Sorry, that's family discount only. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we start by actually maybe reading out the listener's question and then? Brian can start with that. Um, you know, since we do have probably about 41% of our listenership coming from the United States, they have no idea what the fuck we're talking about oh, right, when it comes to right. HST. So maybe we should start there. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, this whole uh, point is going to be talking about HST and, you know, the you know potential negatives, but in my opinion, largely positives of uh, potentially being HST exempt. So for all you U.S. listeners, you're obviously familiar with sales taxes. Not all the states have them, but most of them do. Um, so HST is just Canada's uh, sales tax. So, uh, you know, about half the provinces up here are harmonized and uh, different practitioners have to have to charge HST on their services. Some practitioners are exempt. It all depends on uh, 
All depends on what your regulated uh, body is able to lobby for. So in Canada, there's currently an opportunity right now to potentially allow massage therapists to be exempt from having to charge sales tax and remit it to the government. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, RMTs as a whole, I think, generally want to be HST exempt. You know, we have all been sort of waiting for that fifth province to become regulated so we can start lobbying because, I mean, who wants to pay more money to the government? It's painful enough what we pay. Actually, the last business course that you came in and talked, we had uh, somebody here from the US. She was from Tampa, Florida, and she couldn't believe how high our income tax was. And on top of that, the HST. So I always viewed it as a very, very positive thing to be HST exempt. And I just thought it would make everything easier. As you know, we were talking off mic, I said, my price is my price. You know, there's nothing on top of it. There's no tax. This is my income. It just to me seemed a lot easier. But as I said, there's somebody out there, at least one person who thinks there are negatives to being HST exempt. Yeah, so I think uh, everyone, you know, anyone who's practicing and uh, collecting HST right now understands the basic system. You charge uh, 13% on your sales, in Ontario at least. Um, You collect this 13%, and then anytime you pay an expense that has 13% on it, you deduct that from the amount you collected. End of the year, you pay the difference to the government. Um, So I think the concern here, uh, a person who's worrying about the negatives is that now when you pay HSD, it's going to be lost. Um, and that's that's not true. So essentially, now when you pay you know, a $100 expense that had eight, uh, $13 of HST on it, you normally would have claimed $100 on your income tax, $13 on your sales tax return. Now you're just going to claim $113 on, um, on your income tax return. It's all deductible as an expense. So you're not going to recover the full 13% back. You're going to get whatever your marginal tax rate, you're going to get that percentage of what you pay back. Um, so I guess the concern here is that overall you might uh, be paying a little bit more money, but I. But think, you're making more. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I think what's being overlooked here is the benefit of HST because, you know, as a business owner, you don't care about the HST you're paying because you know you're going to get it back. But your patients, the final consumer, they're not filing an HST return to get that back. So you got to view it from their perspective. They're already willing to give you $113 for a service that has $13 of HST included. If you didn't have to charge HST, they'd still be willing to give you $113. That's all your money now for your service. So at the end of the day, you're going to end up making more money. Yeah, your input tax credits, you're going to get a little less back. But I think overall, it will be offset by the revenue increase that you're probably going to be able to get too. That's how I felt. And I felt really stupid even asking Brian this question, but he just answered it. But I was asking like, okay, so if I'm not charging HST, then if I purchase something, so the example I used was today, I purchased a new vacuum for the office. It was $179.99, I think. So after HST, I don't remember the cents, but it came to about $203. So what I asked Brian, and I'm literally like embarrassed to ask this, but I said, then would it mean when I'm claiming it as an expense, do I claim 179 or do I claim 203? And the answer was 203. So I failed to see any negative in being HST exempt. Yeah. And, um, you know, Amanda and I were just talking about something that was uh, unrelated, but somewhat related um, about, you know, various types of, uh, you know, medical practitioners, whether you're a massage therapist, a chiropractor, whatnot. Um, there's a lot of overlap in the services that you guys provide. And you got to realize, you know, you're specialized in certain types, but for a consumer looking to get something treated, 
they're going to look at it and view, okay, they can all somewhat treat my issue. So if one person's HST exempt and one has to charge HST, they're going to end up having to pay more money for that service. So don't you think they're going to lean towards the person who's a little cheaper, even if they might be a little less uh, qualified to provide the service they're looking for? They're probably not going to understand. They're just looking to save money. Well, I look at it from another perspective as well. You know, RMTs specifically are always fighting to not be looked at as part of the service industry. They want to be viewed as part of the you know medical world. Yep. And what medical person do you know that has to charge HST? Chiropractors don't charge HST. Physiotherapists don't charge HST. Um, do naturopathic doctors charge HST? No. I didn't think so. I think they used to and they they became HST exempt. And I think that's a big thing because RMTs are like, what the fuck? They came to the table way later than we did. And they seem to have gone through this process very, very quickly. Maybe I made that up, but I don't think I did. No, I don't think you did because I've been seeing a naturopathic doctor for probably 12 years. And I feel like there might have been a time where I paid her HST. Yeah, maybe I should Google something before I start talking on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the person who asked the question, actually, I'm looking at it right now. The only point she brought up is what we just spoke about. She said, um, if we hold on, where is it here? It's a topic I feel strongly about because if RMTs become HST exempt, what they don't realize is they will lose their input tax credits. But that's not really a true statement. You're not no. losing your input tax credits. I mean, you just don't have to file HST returns. Exactly. It's You're not losing it. You're getting a income tax deduction for it. And you got to consider too, you know, this also simplifies your bookkeeping accounting process as well. You're not marking down receipts and saying, all right, this was the expense. This was the HST. You're saying this was the number. That's it. It's done with. And I think that's why most RMTs just hate it is for the accounting end yep. of it. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't see anyone lowering their price at if HST ever becomes exempt to match, you know, not having HST. Yeah, no. You know, I imagine everyone's still keeping their price, but now yep. they're not charging HST. So, I mean, but what do I know? Exactly. Theoretically, yeah, you're you're losing some of the ITC by only getting an income tax deduction at a marginal rate. But then you're increasing your revenue and only losing a portion of that to income tax at your marginal rate. Theoretically, it should at the bare minimum offset. You're probably going to end up further ahead, in my opinion. You know, if there's some scenarios where maybe you lose money where your company's operating at a loss. So there's no income tax advantage to the ITC. And now you're losing uh, being able to recollect that 13%. But if you're operating at a loss every single year, quite frankly, you shouldn't be in business. So that shouldn't be your concern. <laughs> You've got bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. So in the long run, it should be overall beneficial to you to uh, not have to charge HST on your services. Yeah, I think, as you said, it just makes things easier. I think that's the biggest pull for me to want to be HST exempt. Oh, and plus the fact that, yes, even though I know every time I purchase something, so for example, when I bought the vacuum today, yes, in my mind, I know, okay, this is HST I'm paying out. So this is, you know, a deduction for me because I charge HST. But it's not something that you see day to day. It just happens. I mean, I guess it depends on how much money you're bringing in. But me being a part-time therapist, I'm only seeing this when I do my taxes. Yeah. And to me, all I see is the government taking an extra few thousand dollars out yeah. of my bank account. So well, I, I think every self-employed uh, person understands how uh, how deathly HST can be because you collect it and you sort of view it as your money. And then at the end of the year, you realize, oh, that wasn't mine and I spent it. Now I got to pay it back to the government. So oh, man. HST, you know, 
people usually prepare for income tax. They, you know, after their first year, they understand the CPP requirements. Every year with self-employed individuals, HST is what ends up killing you. So it's, you know, theoretically, you, you should have collected it and set it aside. But we know in practice, most people don't do that. You're trying to keep a business operational. This cash flow is available to you. It ends up getting used. Yep, so 100%. I will be the first to admit that. I mean, I, I get a little bit better each year, maybe, where yeah. I, yeah. I try to be a little more responsible. But definitely, when you're in a pinch and you need money, like, ah, I can replace this later. Exactly. Yee. Not so smart, I guess. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, I can I can understand the concerns that some people might have. But yeah, I, I can't I can't sit here and say that I think it would be a negative thing uh, for massage therapists to be exempt from HST. Fun fact that has nothing to do with this discussion. But as I mentioned, Brian is my younger brother. And we, um, the sign is still there, actually, that I'm going to talk about. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> we live on, uh, we lived on a street growing up. And on our walk to school, there was like a, a handwritten sign. I think it was like painted, actually. It was painted, yeah. It was a, a white sign with black paint, not very lovely handwriting, that said scrap GST. That's when it used to be GST. And now all the person did, they didn't even like spring for a new sign. It now says scrap HST, but they just painted an H and you can still see the G underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Where the fuck did you guys used to live? In That's the ghetto. <laughs> Is there any, what other uh, tax questions? We should ask him everything since you know we got him here. I actually want you to read this. Maybe you don't necessarily have to read it out, but read it. This was a recent post as well. And it's a, it's a lengthy one. This was in a massage therapy Facebook group. I'd suffice it safe to say that the vast majority of us here think it's ridiculous that we have to charge our patients HST. It creates a barrier for many patients to receive needed frequency of therapy, costs insurance companies more money, and in many cases causes RMTs to reduce their rates to accommodate their patients' ability to a better afford treatment. This course of action lowers our standard of living and our ability to support ourselves and our families. Furthermore, Although minor, it adds up. When we take credit card payments, we have to pay the fee on processing the HST out of our pockets as well as total sale price. CRA doesn't care that it costs you money to collect their HST. Fortunately, as many of you know, we now have enough regulated provinces to petition for no HST. How long will this take before it actually comes into effect? I don't know. I have been speaking with CRA and to a couple of accountants to see if there is a potential workaround. It appears there may be. I will post the potential format below and I would appreciate feedback and thoughts. If I discover that this is a truly viable and legal option, I will make a free step-by-step -step guide so that other practitioners are able to do the same simply for the purpose of us being able to deliver better care at a lower cost to our patients and for us to be compensated as we deserve without further devaluing our personal wage. Okay. I think, uh, one, I just think this dude doesn't want to do the bookkeeping for HST. I was just going to say, that's a very well-written post, but I see through you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should I read um, the yeah, workaround? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I want his opinion on I the workaround. I want his opinion as well. I Ooh. have a feeling this isn't going to be legal, but let's see. Yeah. <laughs> one, you do not have to collect HST on the first 30000 in sales. This is per individual or per corporation, a savings to your patients of $3,900. I think we should pause incorrect right there. Incorrect already, yes. Yep, yep. So let's let's speak to how that's incorrect. So, 
it's incorrect because once you exceed 30,000, you're required to collect HST on all sales. It's correct. Even if you go back to, like, this is where the information is. You can actually, uh, the moment you surpass 30,000 revenue, you have to register for HST. And then at that point in time, each year, you have to charge HST on all your sales. So even the first 30,000, you have to charge, collect, remit HST. You can deregister for HST if you drop back below 30,000. But you can't be registering and deregistering on an annual basis. So mm-hmm. if you're going to deregister, it has to be under the assumption that you're going to fall back and stay below 30000 which obviously that's not the goal of anyone running a business. So it's it's already incorrect that, yeah, you, you don't just get to not collect on the first 30000 Before we move to his second point, let me ask you then. So let's say that I was making above 30000 I do have an HST number. So let's say I was making above 30,000. I was always doing my HST returns. And then I went below 30,000 for a few years, decided to deregister. Let's say in five years from now, I start making more money again. Yep. Can you re-register? You would have to re-register. You would yes. have to. Yes. But then does that mean you can't deregister again? So you can't keep going back and forth, right? It's Yeah, it's... you. Potentially could again, but it's one of those things. Yeah, you can't just keep doing it frequently. I, I, I off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what the rules are. I don't think there's like a specific time frame laid out, but it largely means that if you're deregistering, the expectation is that you're going to stay below thirty thousand. That's why you're doing it. So it's something I would have to look up further. I, I don't have the answer right off the top of my head here. But there are, you have the ability to do it, but it's not something that you can just flip flop on constantly. Eventually, CRA might start asking questions. And the $30,000, just to clarify, is your gross income? It's uh, your gross income, yes. Yeah. I don't know many therapists who are making less than 30000 gross income. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Point number two. Let's say you do $90,000 a year in treatment sales owning three corporations and billing through each one until it hits 30000 would save your patients 11700 a year. Incorrect. Those corporations would be associated for tax purposes and all the sales from all those corporations would be factored into one. Hmm. All right. That was easy. That was easy. <laughs> so, so far we're 0 for 2. Yeah. Point number three. I told you I didn't think this would be legal. <laughs> Of course, incorporating costs money, but if you learn how to do it directly through the government's website and not through an accountant or agency, should I just stop reading now? Because you're going to say this is a bad idea. I never never advise incorporating without the advice of an accountant or a lawyer, and that's not me trying to sell my services. I think Amanda and Mark can both back me up. I generally push people to do personal tax returns on their own. I don't want to just take money from you for no reason. Incorporation is a complex thing that you want to make sure the structure is set up correctly. You want to make sure you're abiding by all the laws. You want to make sure you're taking advantages of all the tax uh, opportunities that are available from the corporation. It's You can incorporate a company online, but it's not the best idea. It usually ends up with you coming to someone like me in a year or two down the road and then paying me twice as much as you would have paid me to start to fix the problems you created. Well, I, I will continue with what he had to say. It is only $350, $334 for the government fees and electronic filing fees, and then $16 for the unique CRA business number. Therefore, in relation to the above example of owning three corporations that year and doing $90,000 in sales, it would cost you $1,050. That is 8.97% of what it would have cost your patients in HST and for you to lower your rates in considering the HST costs, not to mention it makes you more competitive. 
if you charge an even $90 for a one-hour treatment, whereas the clinic down the road charges $101.70, that is a clear advantage, and it especially adds up for patients who seek slash require frequent care. If all or many RMTs were able to repeat this and share information about how to simplify this process come tax time to avoid other fees and complications involved with corporate ownership, then the savings across this province and across Canada for us and for our patients would be astronomical. Taking a stand on the HST issue and creating an out-of-the-box yet legal solution in our own hands. This means more massages for more people and less therapist burnout. Furthermore, there are many other tax and liability advantages that come with owning corporations that I will not delve into in this post. However, these aspects could be explored further in making this approach potentially even more useful to us and to our patients. Yourself and or your clinic can still stand as its own entity, but your corporations work with that entity as standalone companies, which makes this possible for you to still operate under your desired name. The only difference it makes to clients is having a different business number printed on their receipt occasionally if they come back again after you have established another corporation. I bet most, if not all, patients wouldn't even notice or care anyway, and maybe printing the number on the receipt wouldn't even be necessary. This I don't know, but can research for further clarification. I hope this post will provoke more creative ideas and lead us to better solutions and allow us to better serve the public. And the photo here is a no HST. I prefer scrap HST. Yeah, I know. Um well, okay. Well, you you already sort of cleared that up. You can't just decide I'm going to have three corporations no. and use this workaround. It doesn't work. What you need to understand about the government is, yeah, people have been looking for loopholes since income taxes, sales taxes existed. Everyone's going to look for a loophole, which you call creative. It's usually not legal. And even if it is legal at the time where you do come up with a great solution, the government's going to catch on quickly and rule it out. And in the Income Tax Act, and I'm sure, I don't know if it's the same terminology in the Excise Tax Act, which is the Sales Tax Act. Um, I don't know if it's the same terminology, but in the Income Tax Act, there's a rule called the General Anti-Avoidance Provision. Um, General Anti-Avoidance Rule, GAR. Um, This is pretty much a catch-all rule to say that if you do anything for the sole purpose of saving tax, we're going to say it's illegal. So, Anything like that, where I'm going to create three corporations to stay under that $30,000 limit, get taxed at a potentially lower tax rate, um, whatnot, they're just going to say, all right, that falls under GAR, we're, uh, we're throwing it out. It doesn't count. The government's planning for you to look for these uh, loopholes, and they're going to shut it down. That's what they do. So it's your best option here is now that you have five provinces on board, pursue this option, get the government to change the rules, get them to exempt you. Any type of loophole like this just isn't feasible. Not to mention, as we speak about in the business course, yes, we've figured out through running the course multiple times that there are loopholes, but really as a massage therapist, you're supposed to have a professional corporation. I'm pretty sure the CMTO wouldn't be on board with you having multiple professional corporations. You're looking at me like I'm making shit up right now. No, no, no. You're not making shit up. (laughs) Yes, you are correct. And again, like I I know that there's loopholes for that as well, but if we we're all acting in accordance with how we are supposed to be, then if you're going to incorporate, you should really be incorporating with a professional corporation. And in which case you have to get approved by the CMTO as well. And there's no bloody way that they're going to be like, oh yeah, this one therapist has multiple corporations. So 
Oh, I feel like we just crushed that person's dreams. Maybe we saved him jail time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> uh, sometimes you got to do that as an accountant. So I'm, uh, I'm used to it. People, uh, I, I love when I hear the word creative. I know it's always going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> and illegal. Yeah, I mean the truth is, it's it just sucks. Like the one person who reached out to us saying there's negatives to being exempt. I think that maybe the only negative that she was talking about is exactly what you said, that you're you're not going to be able to get back the full 13% that you paid out on everything. But in the long run, it's simplifying your bookkeeping. It's simplifying your accounting. It is beneficial for your clients. I feel like you're going to make more money and I, I I fail to see a downside. Is HST really a fucking problem? Like that's the next, like that's my question. Is it really such a big fucking deal that you're charging HST? Um, okay. Is it really such a big deal? I mean, yes, we've been, really we've been doing deal? it. I've I've never been working in this industry and like, not I, I, I Honestly, I really don't know why massage therapists are like, fuck the HST. I hate HST. Like I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get it. You collect it and you can, you can get your input tax credits. Like, I don't understand. This seems like just an easy thing, but it's just a little bit more work to do, but you're, you're doing your taxes anyway. And this is just two more columns worth of shit. <laughs> no, I'm kind of with them. I don't like charging HST for um, the, one of the reasons that I mentioned is that majority of people that work in our industry, chiropractors, physios, they don't charge HST. Yeah, but you don't you also don't see a chiro working in a salon well, right yes, you don't see course. a physio working in a spa and that is why so? we were the ones charging HST because we were considered service versus medical and i get it but it would, I think, and we still avoid are because confusion. okay. So, for example, if you take a look at the RMTAO when they did their 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 surveys for Ontario, I'm going to pull this up. They've they've outlined where the majority of massage therapists work in what fields. Let me let me look. Uh, yeah, we so <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure when we sat in on uh, Don Dillon's session at the CMC, he pulled that up. And yeah, majority of therapists do work in spa type environments, actually, because of spas and chains, because that's where the money is. It's funny. A lot of RMTs hate the idea of these massage chains and of spas. And because, you know, we're not using our knowledge. Fine then don't work there. But that is a huge source of income for a lot of people in our profession yeah. because a lot of the general public, they really do just want to go get that relaxing massage. Yeah. They don't necessarily want to come to a therapist like myself or Mark and go through a whole clinical assessment and do stuff that, you know, they just want to like veg out and lay on the table and have somebody massage them. Exactly. I've got plenty of friends who'll be like, oh, I'm going down to the spa and then I'm just going to go chill by the pool after. It's free after you pay for the massage. It's like, all right, sure. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, definitely I understand why we were paying HST, but I'm with the RMTs who hate it because I do think it would simplify things. And I'm definitely of that percentage. And I'm sure it's a huge percentage of therapists who sometimes do kind of blur the lines of this is not my money. Like, you know, I might look at my day and say, okay, I've got five clients today. I charge $95. This is how much money I'm making. And don't really consider taking out the 13% and making sure that that goes somewhere else. Yep. No, it just goes into my bank account with the rest of my freaking money. And then tax time comes around and you, sir, send me all of this information about what I'm going to have to pay in income tax. And then you throw HST at me yep. and I want to punch you in the face, yep. even though it's not your fault. <laughs> so when you, when you, 
look at the 2018 stats, right? About 5,500 of RMTs in Ontario work in a group setting. Now, I don't know what kind of group setting that means. That doesn't necessarily mean it is a physio clinic, a chiro clinic, right? I don't know what group setting means. It's not really defined. Solo home-based practice is about 2,000 therapists. About 1,200 of them are in spas. About 1,100 are in solo um, office-based clinic setting practices and 622 in rehabilitative settings. Yeah. So the point is spa and massage chains. Like, I mean, the group setting encompasses all of these things, multidisciplinary clinics, massage addict. But we know massage addict and hand in stone, they're fucking everywhere. You know, that's where all the therapists are. And that's where they're making money. Because if somebody who doesn't know any better just knows, I need to get a massage, you Google massage, who's coming up first? Massage addict, hand in stone. That's where people are going unless they have a therapist that they go to and they've established a relationship. Otherwise, they're going there. So yeah, I get it. But I still wish we didn't have to pay HST. And I'm all for lobbying for to become HST exempt because I do think it will simplify things. I do think it will actually end up saving me money because Mm. I have definitely been late on many, many occasions in paying my HST. (laughs) (laughs) We can be honest. We're all friends here. It's not like um, there's tens of thousands of other people listening that now know my dirty little secrets. (laughs) Yeah, overall, I think it's a beneficial thing to not have to pay it. I do do see where Mark's coming from. I think some people, uh, you know, they get a little too worked up about it, think it's going to be a complete game changer, think, you know, they think it's like a shot to their credibility that they have to charge it. And I think all those concerns are overstated. But at the end of the day, it's going to simplify things. You'll probably make a little more money. It's beneficial. I like more money. Do you like more money? Or it'll fuck you up and it'll throw you into the uh, the lower end of the next highest tax bracket. Exactly. Right? That's <laughs> when you're going to get over. fucked up on that. Yeah. And this is why you need an accountant <laughs> to make sure that you are tax planning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so since we mentioned corporations a little bit and since uh, that dude's post talked about them, maybe you can give us some ideas as some of the benefits to being incorporated. Yeah, so... Um, I think, you know, that guy in his post too, he alluded the benefits of a corporation. And uh, I think some of the benefits that he was alluding to probably uh, a lot of people don't realize don't really apply to, um, you know, any type of professional that includes me as an accountant, a lawyer, any medical professional. Um, The big thing you always hear about with corporations is limited liability. And what people always got to remember with professional corporations is all of them have what are called look through rules where essentially you screw up as a practitioner, they're gonna look through that corporation and hold you liable personally. So the big benefit of corporations, you know, for like a manufacturer or whatnot is limited liability. It doesn't apply as much to professionals. Um, So there still are some benefits, you know, someone slips and falls outside your office space. Yeah, you're covered by limited liability. But you screw up as a practitioner. There's no nothing to save you there. It was your fault. All you can do is lean on your insurance at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the big things that people talk about for corporation, and it doesn't really work for you guys. So what you always need to look at with uh, with a professional corporation is the tax deferral. The big thing is if you pay income tax personally, assuming you're making um, at around thirteen thousand dollars, you're going to be taxed about twenty percent. By the time you have net income of $95,000, your tax rate's up to 45%. By the time you hit $220,000, your tax rate's up to 54%. Whereas a corporation, a small business that's earning less than $500,000 in Ontario, 
your tax rate in 2019 is going to be 12.5%. So there's the potential for a large tax deferral. At the end of the day, you're going to have to take that money out of the corporation. You're going to have to pay yourself a dividend or a salary, do something, and you're going to have to pay tax at personal rates. But if you're strategic with this about when you take it out, you could potentially defer tax in the moment and then save tax by strategically taking out over the long term. So really, that's all the benefit of corporation. The way you got to look at and see, all right, is it time for me to incorporate? Am I ready? The question you always just need to ask is, do I need all the cash that I earn to live? If you're spending every dollar you make on your personal life and to keep your business going, there's not going to be a tax deferral because you spent all your money anyways. If you at the end of the month, you've got one, two, five thousand dollars sitting there, then you can leave that in your corporation. You don't have to take it out. You don't have to get taxed at personal rates just yet. Um, So that's really all you got to ask yourself as a professional. Do I need all this cash? Yes or no. If you don't need it all, maybe it's time to start thinking about incorporating. So all of us making thirty thousand dollars don't incorporate. Don't don't say (laughs) us. I'm not I'm not in that fucking boat. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm not lazy. I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. Can He's you also- totally kidding. He's so lazy. <laughs> Not when it comes to work. Oh, I'm getting the scold finger right now. <laughs> Not when it comes to work. Not when it comes to work. Okay. Can you talk to us about some of the changes that have happened with the tax laws and corporations and uh, healthcare professionals? You know, another big thing uh, in professional corporations, and this, um, this rule was stri- uh, restricted to doctors and dentists, I believe, Mm -hmm. they were allowed to have like their kids, their family members as shareholders in their corporations, and then they could pay out dividends to uh, their kids. So what would end up happening is this uh, rich doctor with a bunch of kids um, going to, you know, fancy schools in the US whatnot, he would essentially be able to pay their tuition, issue them out a 50, 60, $70,000 dividend out of his corporation. And because of the taxation of dividends and like the tuition credits he get, that kid would end up paying zero tax on a $70,000 dividend. So this was a law that was changed a couple of years ago. They essentially said, if you're not actually contributing to this business that provides a service, then you're not allowed to get money from it. They're going to, rather than you pay no tax, you're going to pay 50% tax on that dividend. So that was a law that came into effect in 2017. There was a lot of uh, uproar about it. Me personally, I I think some of our uh, doctor clients wouldn't appreciate me saying this, but I think the law makes sense. I don't really think it makes sense for someone to get this tax benefit for no reason. Um, But this was something that was never allowed for other professionals. It wasn't allowed for me. It wasn't allowed for massage therapists. You're not allowed to be a shareholder of that corporation unless you're a practitioner in the corporation. So this didn't really have an impact on uh, on all you guys out there. Um, It just impacted the doctors and dentists of the world. Who have enough money anyway. Anything else you want to talk about with taxes? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about with taxes? No, man. I I feel pretty good because I have somebody that I can call or text if I have questions about taxes. Like Brian said, when he comes to the business course, he really does push people to learn how to do their own personal tax returns if it's nothing complicated. Um, but if you if you really don't know what you're doing, probably a good idea to have an accountant in your back pocket that you can get help from. I mean, it's useful for me, but yes, I know. Easy for me to say, I pay him in beer. What's what's your beer of choice, just out of curiosity? Oh, he's a beer snob, so it's hard. I'm definitely the snob, yeah. Really? Are you like one of those snooty craft beer guys? Oh, damn right. Oh, like boy. collective arts and whatnot. You know, you're you're uh, getting some like artist to make each can individually and everything. It's uh oh yeah, I'm, I'm a busy, a biggest snob as you can get with that. When did that start? Uh, 
when I became a- an accountant, I could afford to not buy yeah. the on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That makes sense. Oh man. Well, I I mean I hope this answers questions for people who were wondering if there were positives, negatives to becoming HST exempt. So why don't we do this? If if you have any tax questions at all, maybe we can have the tax man. <laughs> That's your new name now. The tax man. Brian the tax man and come in every quarter and uh answer some emails yeah for sure so any tax questions send them our way we'll pay him in beer (laughs) the other thing to note too is brian does come and teach at our business course which happens every three months yeah i gotta look at the course calendar once a quarter so really we're just asking you to do what you already do but maybe answer some emails but he does come in and usually spends the entire afternoon on day one Teaching us about tax planning and about HST and about incorporating and about budgeting and getting loans and um, savings and RRSPs and tax-free savings accounts. So if you really do have business questions, we've got the answers. And I'm always open to hearing your creative ideas. That's what I work for. Uh, are you brave enough to give out your contact information? Should we even go there? Uh, or they can just email us. Or if it's, I'll leave it up to you. I don't mind giving my contact, uh, but yeah, I always hate uh, spelling out emails here. My work email is bcook, and that's cook with an e, at com. So you got questions, reach out. Um, you know, I'm always happy to help. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if we could uh, work together at some point. I'd be happy to do it. Sometimes if you just wanted to send a quick question, I can give you a quick answer. You know, I'll, I'll be happy to do that as well. And if you work together, he'll want money, not beer. Yeah, my firm has this weird policy where they expect me to get money. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I had a six pack at my desk, they didn't appreciate it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, boy. Because they're like, who's the snooty kid? With the <laughs> yeah, they didn't care that I was drunk. They just cared that I was a snob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, little accountant brother, for coming. I keep saying little brother, by the way. If anyone is wondering, he's like six feet tall and towers over everybody in this room. But I still look at you as a kid because he's a millennial. Yeah, I'm the worst kind of people. You are the worst kind of people. But thank you for coming in and helping us out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'll lie again and say I was happy to be here. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.